Wonderful, thank you. Good morning, everybody. It's, a, it's an absolute privilege to be invited here and to be asked to, to come and share with you this morning. It's always a little bit daunting when you're speaking at a church for the first time. And um, I came up yesterday because Andy Ollerton was talking about Reformation 500, um, the 500th anniversary of that. And he's speaking again tonight at the annual celebration. So I do kind of feel, just to put you where my mind is, like I'm in a bit of an Ollerton sandwich at the moment. Now... <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means to me or what that means to you. Um, it's probably one of those things best not to, to think about too much. Um, but just as a, a quick introduction, uh, I'm one of the many Simons from the Hale Light and Life Church. We, we have lots of us down there. Um, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I teach computer science. Um, and I've got two kids that have grown up far too quickly um, than they should have done. But that, that's enough about me. Um, this morning, I'm going to share something with you guys that... God's put on my heart, and he, he keeps bringing me back to. I don't know if you ever find that. God keeps repeating the same thing. It's like, can't say, have you not got this yet? Um, so I'm going to speak to you on outreach this morning. Um, you know, how do we, how can we reach out to others? How can we effectively share our faith with those that we come across in our day-to-day lives? Now, it, it doesn't tie in exactly with the series in Joshua that you guys are studying at the moment. Um, But there there are some sort of parallels that I can draw through that. I I did my homework. I'm a a teacher. I did my homework. I listened to what Pete shared last week, um, talking about how Joshua and the Israelites, when God asked them to go out and to to march around Jericho six times and then the seventh time, they did what God asked of them. Yeah, even though they maybe didn't know at that time what the, the end picture was going to be, they did what God asked, and they persisted. That's something that really resonated with me that, that, that Pete shared. They, they persisted in what they were doing. Um, so we're going to look at three areas um, around outreach this morning. In a mo. Um, the first area is that outreach is fundamental to our faith. The second one... Uh, the method of outreach, how do we actually do it? And then thirdly, what's our motivation to be an outreaching body of Christ, a body that doesn't just look inwards. Looking inwards is good and looking after each other, but you know, we, we, we are to, to reach out to share the good news of Jesus Christ to those who don't know it. So firstly, outreach is, is fundamental to our faith. Um, being a computer science teacher, the first thing I did was straight onto Google to find out what do we mean by outreach And Wikipedia puts it like this. It says, Outreach is an activity of providing services to any populations who might not otherwise have access to those services. So it's kind of like it's providing something to someone who otherwise wouldn't know what that something might be. So to put that maybe in a a Christian perspective, we could define outreach as providing something that's the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to someone, that could be anyone who hasn't heard about Jesus or who doesn't know what this good news might mean, what that something is, that they can be reconciled by grace through Jesus and enjoy a restored relationship with the very God who gives them life and longs to have a relationship with them. In Matthew 28, um, it's not up on the screen, if you've got your Bibles. Um, it's quite a well-known... It's quite a well-known... Um, 
passage um, titled the, the, the Great Commission in mind. I'm just going to read from verse 18, Matthew 28, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Make disciples. This means to be to be witnesses, to share the gospel so that people can discover, can believe in, can choose to follow and grow in Jesus for themselves. It's quite a straightforward command, but you know, just reflecting on the events of the last few months, the atrocities we, we read and hear about of the terrorist attacks in Manchester, in London, in Syria, in Egypt, in Mogadishu just this last week, Um, And then perhaps thinking about our Western culture. You know, there's a wave flowing through our Western culture of anything goes and it's okay. Um, And this this, this wave is seemingly gaining momentum. It's a straightforward command. Make disciples, be witnesses. But it can feel like a big task. It can feel like a, a tough task at times. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes to the Um, to the church in Corinth, to encourage them. And he says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sin against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. These are powerful words. Words that should excite us. Words that should should encourage us. In verse 20, we are Christ's ambassadors. Wow. Have you ever thought what, what Paul's declaring here? We are Christ's ambassadors. And... An ambassador is an official representative who serves in the absence of a dignitary. When a dignitary is away, an ambassador steps in as an official representative. Now, Christ is now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And Paul says that we are here in this world as ambassadors in his absence. We are the official representatives of Jesus Christ to a lost world. Each of us, each of us are are ambassadors. And being an ambassador, it's a full-time role. Yeah, It's not part-time. It's not a label or a badge that we can take off when we're perhaps having a tough time or we're having a bad day or maybe when we're going down the pub with our mates. We don't take off this badge. It's a full-time role. There's no such thing as an off-duty ambassador. See, the world is really messed up. And it may seem like a challenging or difficult task at times to to share the hope that we've experienced. But reaching out and witnessing is fundamental to our faith. We are Christ's ambassadors. And just as an ambassador would study the laws, the position and the requests of the dignitary they represent, 
So we need to look at and understand what the Bible says. And we need to stand firm in our faith so that we can then share God's truth with confidence and give the reason for the hope that we have. In, um, in 1 Peter, we read this. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. See, when we study God's word, he reveals a greater and deeper insight about the person of Jesus Christ. It's maybe not always the result we expect. It's maybe not always the result that we want. But the Bible is packed full of answers to even the most challenging of questions and sometimes the most difficult of questions that either we can bring ourselves or that others may ask. And Paul says here in 1 Peter, we should be ready to give answers. So we should study the Bible. Okay, so if, if outreach is fundamental to our faith, um, I want to look at the method of outreach. Um, and what better example to look at than to look at how Jesus did it. Um, firstly, Jesus prayed, and this is so, so important. Prayer needs to underpin the very essence of how we live out our lives. In John 17, Jesus prays for his disciples, for those on the ground with him then, and for us as his disciples today. He prays, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So in the same way that Jesus reached out to the world, we are to reach out to the world. No pressure, right? It's an easy one. The, the question is, how did Jesus do this? And I want to consider some of the characteristics that Jesus demonstrated that we can learn from and perhaps adopt in our own outreach uh, when, we, when we look at Jesus' encounters with people. And this is, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just some examples. So firstly, he accepted people when others wouldn't. We can read in Luke 7 about the sinful woman who poured perfume over his feet and the Pharisees said, don't let her do that. Jesus accepted her. He talked with people. In John 4, we read about the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. Um, they, they, the, the Jews would not communicate um, with the Samaritans, but, but Jesus did. He spent time with people in Luke 19. Uh, we read about the tax collector, Zacchaeus, who climbed the tree so he could just see Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. He knew him by name. Amazing. He said, come down. And then he said, I'm staying at your place tonight. Yeah, Jesus spent time with people. He listened to people. In Matthew 20, uh, we, we read that two blind men received their sight. They called out to Jesus, and he listened and went over to them. And this, this, is, this is really important. We lead busy lives and listening is a real skill. You know, where's, where's our humanity if we're just rushing through our busy lives, not taking the time to listen to what someone is saying? Jesus provided for people. Matthew 14, in Mark there, and in Luke there, um, he, he fed people. On more than one occasion, he fed many, many people. He taught people with authority. Uh, that's throughout the Gospels. Uh, Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, is maybe one of the more 
um, more, more known examples of that. He noticed people. In Mark and Luke, we read about the, the poor widow who gave her small offering um, at, the, at the temple. Jesus saw that happen. He noticed. And he cared for people. That's throughout the gospel. Again, um, we think of the, good, the parable of the Good Samaritan that he tells. And Jesus was, was out and about meeting people where they were. Yes, he spent time, like the Sermon on the Mount, to teach people and to encourage them. I guess that's kind of what we do as we gather together on a Sunday morning. But Jesus was very much into being out and about in his community. He traveled the land where he lived. He went looking for the lost. And as he did so, he was noticed. And the lost came looking for him. If we're to be fruitful in our outreach, then we should perhaps aim to mirror what Jesus did. It's important that we live out our faith and adopt the characteristics that Jesus demonstrated in our own lives. I've got a little illustration for you. Wait, I'm not thirsty. Sorry. This is um, a can of Pepsi. We know it's a can of Pepsi because on the outside the label says it's a can of Pepsi. I won't ruin your carpet. When we look inside the can of Pepsi, we see what we... We see... (laughs) That's a nervous laugh. (laughs) We, we, We find what we expect to find because of what we've seen on the label. Yeah, What we get inside the can of Pepsi is what we see on the outside. And that works really well, so I'm going to do it again. It's a can of Pepsi. It says it's a can of Pepsi. It's got the label of a can of Pepsi. And when we look on the inside, oh, that's not what I was expecting. Well, it was, but you know what I mean. (laughs) I could have gone really wrong. See, on on the outside, it says what it is. It's when you get to know what's on the inside that you realise whether or not it contains what it claims to contain on the outside. And if, if we claim to be something on the outside... Maybe by rocking up to church every week, by, by telling people that we're Christians, by, by telling people what, what the Bible says, what will happen if they don't believe, and all that sort of stuff. But on the inside, if we're not what we claim to be on the outside, how are people going to react to that? Will they want to know the label? I doubt it. Will they judge us? Yeah, always. And that's the point. They, they, they will ask questions like, why... Why do I want to change and adopt the label when the contents I see are exactly the same as my own contents? No better than anyone else's, maybe even worse. See, if we're to bear fruit in our outreach, we're to be the workmanship of God in this world. What needs to be inside us is the substance that we say is on the outside. Mahatma Gandhi once said, I like your Christ, 
I do not like your Christians. They are so unlike your Christ. I wonder if that could be us today. I wonder if Gandhi spent time with us. Would he go away thinking the same, that we are so unlike our Christ? Or would he go away thinking, you know what? I can see your Christ in you. So if that's some ideas about um, how we can reach out, we'll move on to our motivation. What is our motivation to, read out, to, to reach out? We've already read this verse um, in 2 Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. When we come to Christ, we become a new creation. God changes us. And in Ephesians, Paul picks up on this. Um, and he says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Be encouraged by that. Be motivated that God has changed us, changed us for a purpose. Yes, it's an ongoing process. He is transforming us, but he has changed us to do good works. See, God doesn't change us so that we can sit back and bask in the glory of the sun and say, well, hey, Jesus, I love you. I'm going to heaven. That's all I want. Likewise, God doesn't change us so he can put us in his trophy cabinet. He hasn't got a cabinet that says St. Austell on top and, oh, look, there's another one. We'll put them in there. That's brilliant. It is good, but he changes us for a purpose. He changes us so that we can be his workmanship, created in Christ to do good works, his ambassadors. Back to Matthew 28, the Great Commission, to reach out to the the world, to, to witness, to make disciples. I'm going to show you a little video clip now of um, a guy called uh, Francis Chan. You may have come across him. Um, I'll let him speak himself. When I was a kid, we used to play this game called Simon Says. Right? Most of us have played that, unless you're really young, because there's no app for it. it, it Simon Says is, uh, you know, you just, Simon Says, pat your head, you know, so, okay, you know, Simon said it. Um, it's just, it was a very simple game, but it's so weird how in the church, Jesus says is a totally different game. If Jesus says something, you don't have to do it, you just have to memorize it. <laughs> you, 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 you study it, you memorize You guys, it, it doesn't make any sense. A lot of the things we do, when he tells us to go out and make disciples, and how many people in the, our churches are actually making disciples? They memorized it. You know, I tell my daughter, hey, hey, Rach, go clean your room. She doesn't come back to me two hours later and go, I memorized what you said. (laughs) You said, Rach, go clean your room. I can say it in Greek. (laughs) My friends are going to come over and we're going to have a study on what it would look like if I cleaned my room. She knows better than that. And so why do we think we're going to come before the judge one day and quote everything that he said and talk about how much we know? It's just, it's just this black and white stuff. If I just started with scripture, I'd go, here's what I would do. i will start making disciples. A very um, gifted preacher is Francis Chan with an amazing story. Um, if you if you've not come across him, then I'd encourage you to read up about him. Um, 
But he's picking up there, isn't he? This is a making disciples is a doing thing. In James, you know, we're told don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Um, God knows our limitations. He knows our doubts. He knows what we find hard. But that isn't an excuse to just sack it off. We should, as, as Joshua and the Israelites did when facing these towering walls of Jericho, just trust in God's sovereign plans, and persevere through the challenges we face. Jesus should be our inspiration. The Bible should be our inspiration. But we need to provide the perspiration. I can um, testify to many times when life has got sort of personally hard to deal with, when the barriers in front of me has, have seemed like, uh, like mountains, sometimes unscalable mountains. The school I previously worked at went through a really uncertain time, ended up being made redundant from that. Um, I'm divorced. I've got two lovely children. But I don't know where they stand in their faith. I find that a real challenge. They're my own children. I don't know where my parents stand in their faith. It's a difficult one. But but through these, God time and time again proves that He's He's faithful to what He promises. He proves that He will He will provide, maybe not what we think, but what He knows we need. We get great comfort from knowing that, that God loves me, that God loves my children, that God loves my parents and that God is pursuing them. In Isaiah 41, we read this. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. It's not unfamiliar for God to see us um, sort of struggling and finding it difficult but as always as always he offers encouragement and a way that we can move forward in Acts 1 we read this but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth so God empowers us to have an impact on the world around us he sends an advocate he sends the Holy Spirit empower and give us the means and encouragement to reach out to those who are lost. I was, um, I'd nipped home for lunch one, one lunchtime from the school I'm now working at, and it was quite a windy day. It wasn't quite a Storm Brian day, uh, but I was, I was walking back, and next to the school there's some large trees, and there was a tree surgeon up this tree, sort of hacking away at branches, and it was, it, was, it was fairly blustery, and I was walking towards him, and I saw this guy up there, and I thought, what a nutter. Why on earth would you want to be up there doing that on a day like this? And as I walked past, I heard a voice, Simon! Simon! And I looked up, and it was, it was one of the guys who goes to the Hale Light and Life Church, a guy called Tim. He, he, he's a tree surgeon, and there he was up this tree. And that got me thinking. You know, he didn't just decide, wake up one morning and think, I'm going to be a tree surgeon and get out there, buy a chainsaw and go and do it. No, he went through training. He went through instruction. He learned how to be a tree surgeon. He would have had to get the health and safety certificates and, and all that sort of stuff. And whilst it was a bloke up in a tree, he was wearing a harness. So he had his safety equipment on. Um, there was another guy with a rope who was helping him lower the branches. And 
There's kind of an analogy we can draw from that. He received the training. If we're, if we're to be effective witnesses, we can receive the training in here. This is what God tells us to do. And just as God sends the Holy Spirit to help us and to assist us in that, that's like the belt that Tim was wearing up his tree. Yeah, it was that, that security. Um, that, 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 that he had, that we can gain through the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but one of the most terrifying things I ever hear from, from sort of Pastor Bob down in Hale is when he says, okay, guys, we've been, got a load of leaflets that we've been giving out to people. We've got a load left over. We're going to go out and do a leaflet drop. I don't know how you think about leaflet drops, but my, my heart really sinks when I hear this. You, what, you want me to go out? You want me to to approach other people's front doors. You want me to possibly talk <laughs> to people? It, it really does sort of strike fear into me. Um, but that's an example where if you persevere, you come away at the end of it, you think, yes, oh, I did it. I put 40 leaflets through doors. Yeah, didn't get beaten up or mugged or anything like that. All these, these, these random things that, 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 go, th- that go through your mind. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that, really. Um, but, but we, we can um, feel, I guess, fearful um, about the, the, the things that, that God asks us to do, about the outreach that we have to do. But we've got God on our side, and that's important to, to know. Um, I'm just going to draw to a close now. I'm going to invite the worship team up. We're going to have another song, I think. Um, but just to conclude, you may hear things such as, Oh, you're out of touch with today's world. Society's moved on. Society's evolved. But if we're talking about God's word versus the world, then, yeah, I'm going to stand firm in God's truth. Label me as out of touch with the world. But I'm still going to love the people of the world. I'm going to be willing to step up and be an ambassador for Christ, called to minister to people who are around us, to the world around us. It's easy just to rush through life and fill our our schedules with stuff. In order to share God's love, we need to love people. We need to notice people. We need to listen to people. We need to acknowledge people. We need to build healthy relationships with people. And then maybe... Just maybe, they might ask you why you're different. And you can tell them, God loves you, that God noticed you, that God listened to you, that God acknowledged you, and that God is building a relationship with you, and your life has never been the same since. Just to finally finish off, I'm going to share a couple of quotes from John Wesley, the founder of Methodism. He was a man who embraced outreach who reached out to the someones who were looking for something who otherwise might not have known what that something might be. He said this, Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and will set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth. That's you and me today, guys. Yeah? We can... If we fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, we can shake the very gates of hell and we can set up the kingdom of heaven here on earth. 
And then finally, his last one, catch on fire and people will come from for miles to see you burn. Yeah, if we get if we get that filling of the Holy Spirit and we get out there and we do God's stuff and we're on fire for God, people will notice and people will want to come and come and see what's going on.